we've been um, throughout the last, really, since uh, November. Uh, and really, because I felt like there was a really cool shift in November that God was doing. And, and really, you know, it's funny, because when I step back, I'm like, man, I, I don't feel like I did anything. I wasn't a part of it. It was like he was leading it. Um, we, had this, we had this theme in relationship to Christmas, go tell it on the mountain. And man, we just couldn't ever get momentum on it. And all of a sudden, we were like, no, nah, that's just not it. And, like, right before November hit, we were like, I think it's behold. Like, it just felt like the Lord was saying behold. And we, so we spent, like, a whole month and, or a little bit after that just talking about beholding, beholding him. Like, that was the last step of 2020. And I really felt like that was so important coming out of 2020 and the chaos it was and the, the hard year it was for a lot of people. And uh, it was just one of those places where I had to just get back to, man, just this place of beholding beholding him like that's that's that gets me all back into alignment you know to be able to behold him to see him as he is to declare him as he is and so uh you know we talked even leah had mentioned that you know beholding is an action we kind of think it beholding sometimes feels like it's more of a passive thing but it's really active it's like turning your gaze like actively interacting engaging your vision to see him to see him you know, because it's not easy in this world. It's not easy in our distracted lives. You know, everything that pulls at us, everything that to just take moments to, to behold him, to actively engage, intentionally set your gaze on him. And that's huge. And then um, uh, kind of, you know, it's kind of because I think in a lot of ways it was cool, right? As we, especially in prayer times, we would just start blessing God for 2020. And all of a sudden the Lord just started really redeeming 2020 in my in my that was one of the, again y'all heard my testimony the last couple of weeks last time i shared like 2020 was probably the worst year of my life you know I, I, on a physical like uh, individual way and it was hard for the church it was hard to navigate all the covid stuff but it was personally the hardest year of my life and so uh in a lot of ways when i started to behold him started to effectively turn my gaze, it started redeeming 2020 in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit. And so I just really encourage you, there's a, there's a facet of that. Like, I started blessing God for 2020 instead of, felt like I was cursing God before then. Felt like I was in this place of God. And like I never, and I, again, I don't want to go through another one of those years at all. But the Lord, I felt like saying, God's redeeming it. God's blessing it. God's bringing momentum out of it. And so then we took, kind of into, going into 2021, we, we, we also thought we were going to start this series on we are called. Like, what is, what's the calling of, of the Lord in, in the body? And so we had been kind of thinking about this for almost over a year and stuff. And, so, and all of a sudden, the Lord's like, no, that's not it either. That's not the way you start 2021. And it was really cool, really from the body, from the leadership team, is all of a sudden this place of communion came out. And I don't know about you guys, but man, I was so, like, that was one of the richest, you know, month-long seasons of, of, for me personally as well. Um, maybe this is all personal. Maybe it's just not for you. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, preaching it, I, I feel like it's, but on a personal level, I felt like communion went to another glory-to-glory glory level for me, you know, where it was about Him, like, taking communion even in that physical way it was just such a it was a time to behold him it was a time to just set my gaze set my affection on him and so as we took that 2021 step that first step into 2021 I think it was God leading that because I feel like the Lord's calling us as a body to take another step into 2021 and that's uh do you is everybody have notes do you, who does not have notes raise your hand and I might get Anybody not having it? Hey, Matt. Oh, no, sorry. Mary's got it. She's on it. She already had it in hand. Who else doesn't have one? Got a few up here? Yeah, grab one. I really want you to have one in your hand if you got it, if you can. Um, <laughs> and it was funny, you know, I, I phrased this message, and really the next, next Sunday as well, you know, just talking about stepping into 2021 with mission. Um, but I really sense that if we would have stepped into 2021 with, if we would have stepped into mission without beholding and without communing, we would have missed it. 
Because you can't, you can't step into mission without this foundation of why, why you're going, what you're, why you're doing what you're doing, why you're going where you're going. If I miss it, if it becomes about me, or if it becomes about my calling, if it becomes about my this or my that, you, we miss it. We miss it as a body. I think we miss it as individuals. It's got to be out of this place. It's Him. For Him, for His glory, for beholding Him, for communing with Him. That's it. You know, that's the foundation of where we go as a body, as we go as a church uh, body. And so um, it was kind of interesting that Lindsay spoke that word because over me this morning, I don't, even, I don't think I mentioned that word when I was talking to her about stuff, but run in such a way as to win. The Lord just really put that, that phrase, run as in such a way as to win. Uh, because I think a lot of times uh, in really, especially this, I felt like this past uh, 2020, uh, in 2020, you know, and really maybe even a year before that, I felt like I was really on pause for a good while. <laughs> felt like we were on pause for a good while. We were, you know, trying to navigate some things uh, personally and, and, and I just really felt like the Lord was calling us to, I, I stopped running in such a way as to win. And I'm competitive. Anybody know me? Like, everybody, everybody, yeah, volleyball, I mean, anything, like, right? I mean, volleyball, when I step on a volleyball court, it's to win, man. It's not to come in second. It's not to, not to lose. I mean, does anybody like losing? I mean, does anybody really like losing? You don't have to raise your hand, but, but I had to start evaluating. I'm like, I'm not sure I'm running I'm not sure I'm running to win anymore. I think I'm running to survive or to maintain status quo. And so I really have to give a lot of, even this message, a lot of this really has to credit where credit is due. Daniel has always kept, Daniel Wheeler has always kept this before us, like really the last couple of years, like mission, like what, what are we about? What, why, what's our why? You know, the mission is what's your why? Why, why are you doing things? Why are you walking? Why are you why are you living, you know, why are we living our lives in relationship uh, to our church and to our church body? So I just want to bless them and bless them for keeping that why before us. Because I think it's really important um, as we kind of started walking out the beginning of the year, it's really important uh, that we step into mission. And it's kind of funny, as I started thinking about this, I started asking, the Lord just immediately brought up to my spirit to go back to the name, like dwelling place. What, why, why did we call this church dwelling place? Um, he was kind of funny in, in our, my, my own testimony. You start, you think about choosing names, you know, you change your names for your kids. I always said I would never name my kids all the same letter, but you have to also ask the Lord, say to the Lord, I will not name them all the same letter sound, Right? Because I didn't name them all the same letter, but somehow we ended up with all the same sound. Caleb and Kaylee were always our first two. And then when Kaylee came, we still had Caleb, you know, the, word, uh, the name Caleb. And then, of course, Mackenzie was our second girl's name, but we liked Mackenzie. But then, I don't know if y'all were back in the, back in the early, uh, when were you born? 90s? Yeah. <laughs> you forget those things while you're talking. Uh, Spuds McKenzie was like really big. It was like a beer dog. And so I, I was like, I can't, I don't feel like I can name my daughter McKenzie. So we were like, we, but we love Kenzie. So we kept Kenzie. And then, of course, Caleb came. So now we're at KKC. And then, of course, Kristen Faith was another one that we really liked. So we're like, all right, here we go. We were the, we were the parents that named all our kids the same sound, which is really, it's really terrifying when you're trying to, you know, call them out. You know, Caleb, Caleb. Kaylee, Kinsey, you know, Kaylee, you go through all, every name, even the boys' names, trying to get to the last Kristen or something. So just crazy uh, in, that, in that scenario. But, you know, it's not as bad as the Duggar. I was thinking about the Duggar family. Everybody, you remember those, 19 and County? I just named them. I was like, this, this is what they named their kids. Joshua, Jana, John David, Jill, Jessa, Jinger, Joseph, Josiah, Joanna, Je Jedediah, Jeremiah, Jason, James, Justin, Jackson, Johanna, Jennifer, Jordan, Grace, and Josie. I was like, try, <laughs> try running through those, you know, try running through those names. But, you know, you start thinking about, you know, when you start naming a name, you start thinking about 
purpose and plans for them. You know, some people really get into like meanings of names and things like that, when, especially when they're um, naming. But, you know, when, to give you a little background, and I kind of wanted to bring this just to really honor, you know, it was three couples that really brought this church together. You know, back in the day before most of you, uh, there are a few that are still left that were right there in the beginning. Um, you know, back in 2021, um, myself and Rick and Tom and Mark and Terry and Bill Seaton, and maybe there might have been one other guy in there. We started, there was three different churches, and we started back in 2000, yeah, there was three different churches. And the leadership, all those guys came together, and we just started praying for the campus we weren't praying for to get together we were just praying for the campus and we just had this meeting and after about the second meeting that we had hey, it was just so much camaraderie so much like like I feel like we're doing the same thing like we we all got into that and so before too long long story short um you know Mark and Margie had a church called Cornerstone Christian Fellowship that was going for a couple years the Belshans the Haltons the Pattersons the St. Clairs Yoder was there Alan Yoder was there Tom and Ingrid had a church called Blue Ridge Christian Fellowship. It was going for about three years. And, you know, the Deans, the Shimazonos, the Howards, the Greenos. I felt like there was somebody else I might have missed, so if anybody remembers. Um, were a part of that church. And then Rick and Paula had started a church dwelling place at, uh, they, uh, that they had called Dwelling Place. About a year old, year and a half old. Lee and I, the Coopers, the Worleys, the Setons, the Caldwells, the Pearsons. They were, we were, that was the, the beginning until we all came together and we all decided man, we're doing the same thing. Let's all come together. But of course, when you come together, now you got you got three names. What are you, you know, you going to choose? And as we just sat and just prayed and really walked together, we just said, man, it just feels like it's dwelling place. And, you know, you start thinking about this facet of, you know, really, as I was thinking about that name, it's just a place where we desire God to dwell. You know, it's a Dwelling place was a place desired for his presence, a place of freedom, a place of healing, a place of restoration, a dwelling place where the lost could be found, the hurting could find healing, the broken could find restoration, the lonely find acceptance, the distraught find peace, and, uh, you know, to lift up the name of Jesus. And that was really, just felt like as we were all three coming together, that's, we all just came to that. I mean, that's what we were about. And so we kind of kept the dwelling place, and, and so... You know, when you come to this place in time, sometimes you just feel like, I just felt like the Lord's recalling us into that name. You know, remember when Abraham, um, Abraham was, you know, got called forth. And when he was Abram, he got called forth into, you're going to be the father of nations. Like, you will have a son. I mean, there was a call in him to be a father of nations. And so, you know, you know the story, you know, it all goes along, well, there was a time in there where all of a sudden um, it was, you know, that was when he was 75 years old. When he's 99 and all the chaos has happened, you know, all the craziness with, you know, Hagar and all that, all that stuff. Right after that, all of a sudden the Lord is a, takes a moment in time and says, wait a second. You're not Abram, you're Abraham. And you'll be the exalted father of many nations. It was the same call. It was the same desire, the same push, but all of a sudden God just almost like just breathed new life into it, like the name, to his name. And I, I don't feel like the Lord's trying to change our name as a dwelling place. I just feel like the Lord's taking this season to breathe life into it, to breathe a, a kind of like this, hey, remember, like we, talked, we talked through that, you know, just taking time to remember who you are, remember what, what, you're, what God's about in this season. And so... Um, we might need a new sign. I will, I will vouch for that. <laughs> that sign is like 20 years old. Thank you, Mike Peretti, if you're ever watching this. For, for, he designed that, I'm pretty sure. And you know what? That sign is really, I think, an expression of who we are still. I mean, it's got that guy sitting there like this on the, you know, like this. Okay, it's not jumping jacks. He's not doing jumping jacks. He's, he's exalting God, all right? But it was... Yeah, he was standing on the highest chair like Tulio likes to. But, you know, it's this place of freedom, like life, like release. Like that, that was the, that picture, you know, but I will, I will gladly uh, replace it uh, <laughs> as we uh, can get some momentum on that for sure. But I don't think the Lord's 
changing our name, I think he's recalling us into the, some of the things that God's speaking. Dwelling place, like who you are, what, what God's doing. And, you know, think about just some scriptures that were baseline for that. John 14, 1 through 3, we might have them up here. I'm not sure. If, do we have them back there? Who is that back there? Is that Ryan? Um, John 14, 1 through 3, this was always uh, the, the scripture that Rick declared into it. But do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house. In my Father's house. That, I mean, that was kind of the rhythm of life for dwelling place, right? The Father's house. Or many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place. And if I go to prepare a place, I will come again and receive you. And there's just this place of dwelling place. And I was thinking of one of my favorites is Psalm 90, uh, 1 through 2. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. I love that. You have been our dwelling place. He's the dwelling place. You know, it's not about... A church, it's not about growing a church, it's about being a dwelling place of the Most High God, who He is. I love this, uh, before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, before there was anything, it says, I'm God, <laughs> you are God. Yeah, He's been the dwelling place from everlasting to everlasting. Um, couple scriptures that I really thought of also in the relationship to dwelling place was Psalm 132 and this is just David's passion if you think about David what was his what was one of his big soul passions you know to have the ark to have you know worship to have you know the David's tabernacle all those things the temple all those was a representation of providing a place for the presence of God to dwell to be a part of the people I mean that's really what is the whole desire was. And so it's like, uh, I love this. It says, remember, O Lord, on David's behalf, all in all his affliction, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob, surely I will not enter my house nor lie on my bed until what? I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord. And that was his passion. That was his heart a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Let us go into his dwelling place. Let us worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, to your resting place. And I love this. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his habitation. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. That's his, that's his whole heart. <laughs> his whole heart in coming. You think about the garden. You think about everything that he's done was to live, to exist, and dwell here with us, with Adam and Eve, with us as a redeemed uh, men and women of God. You know, the cross, all that broke down, all those barriers, it broke down so that me and you, you and I, whichever way that all goes, uh, could be with him, could be with him. And so that's the first and foremost thing. You know, David in Acts 7, 46 brings it back in. David found favor in God's sight and asked that he might find a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built a house. If you remember all the history, Solomon built the house. But think about this. This is the New Testament declaration. However, the Most High does not dwell in houses or anything made by human hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool of my feet. What kind of house will you, come on now, what kind of house will you, you, just everybody feel my pointing at you, you build for him? What's the house now? Me. This temple of the Most High God. Right? The cool part is that when we come together as dwelling place Christian fellowship, there's a bunch of temples of the Holy Spirit declaring and singing and together and walking together. And so I, I just wanted to bring that back into our memories. Like, what, what was dwelling place? What, what was behind all that? Because, like I said, some, most of us weren't even here when we decided even on that name. And I know Rick has kind of preached on it off and on throughout the years, but I just really encourage us. Like, I really feel like there's this call, there's this mission in that name. Um, but in some ways, you know, I just felt like the Lord was saying in this season, we gotta, you got to step. Like, 
Remember, we took a step into beholding. We took a step into communion. And I feel like the same thing. There's a facet of stepping into mission and vision. So, you know, that's kind of what the question, you know, there's, there's, this question came to my spirit, you know, do we really need mission? Is it really? I just need Jesus, right? I mean, at the very baseline, that's what it's all about. He's our mission. He's our vision. But the Lord really has set us, he wants us to actually walk in a, a fulfillment of what, what's our why. What's the why of dwelling place? And, um, and I love that he really established us in this positioning and spiritual posturing of communion and beholding before we actually talked about mission. And I just felt like the Lord set us up well for that because it, it's got to be about him. It is about him. But I want, to, I want us to stay on a, if you've got your notes there, I want you to look at the second part. It's really all about one scripture. It's, it's Habakkuk. You might not have gotten into that book lately, uh, but we're going to go there today. Habakkuk 2, 1 through 4. And it's really just a powerful declaration into why, why mission, why vision. I really want to answer that question. Uh, we're, we're really not going to talk about the physical part of the mission today. I want to get in your spirits why we need mission. Why do you need vision and mission in your life, right? Um, you know, and kind of our terms that we'll talk about, mission is your why. The, the vision is how we're going to carry that out, the picture that it looks like. What, what does it look like when we're fulfilling the mission that God's called us to? So we're going to bring that out in the next season of Dwelling Place, in the next days to come. We're going to be talking about these type of things. So Habakkuk 2, I love this. It says, I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart, and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I'm reproved. Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision, inscribe it on tablets, that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal, and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay. Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by faith. It says his faith, but actually in the New Testament, it comes back and says live by faith. Romans bring, Paul brings that back into Romans uh, 10, 17, I believe. But I want to go back through the scripture and really just pull out some parts because if we're going to step into mission, how, what are those steps? How do I step into a, a vision, mission type declaration? The, the first one is just positioning yourself. Like where, and what's the position that Habakkuk took in this, in this uh, scripture? Look at this. It says, I will stand on guard post and station myself. And what's he doing while he's stationing? All right, well, we'll go into that. Sorry. Let's just talk about positioning. He's actually put, putting himself in a place where he's actually up somewhere watching and looking, right? And I think I was, what I was talking about in this season, I haven't really been positioned to look. I've been positioned to maintain and like, like, Lord, just get us through, get us through this year, get us through whatever this next crazy season is, and, and Lord, just help me to survive through it. And I feel like the Lord is saying, that this is a, a new season to step into positioning yourself. We've kind of talked about spiritual positioning. Over, uh, a couple different other people have talked about that in a couple different sermons, so I'm not going to go into all that, but I really felt like the Lord saying, stand guard. Put yourself in that, on, the, on, the, on the guard post. Put yourself on that rampart, that place where you can see out, where you can see beyond your own circumstances felt like that's where I was consumed. I was consumed in me and on my own circumstances and how we were, I was going to survive. And so the Lord's saying, get yourself up above that and see, begin to see as he's seeing. Second one was just to look and listen. I mean, listen to this one. I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me. That's interesting, isn't it? To see what he will speak to me. There's a reality that God's speaking some declaration into us i want you to be able to see it with your spiritual eyes i want you to hear it with your spiritual ears you know and even and it says how i may reply when i'm reproved you know sometimes it's a good place to be it's like just saying all right god what do you have what are you doing and, and speak to me if i need reproved glory because i know it'll be for my good it'll be for for the glory of you and so 
Even in that place, he was, Habakkuk was positioning himself to be able to be humble, to say, I don't have it all together, God. I don't know what this looks like forward, God. You do. You do. Be in there. So then it says in verse 2, then the Lord answered me. All right? And this is the biggest thing, to keep vision. I don't think we've done a great job over the years, definitely over the last 20 years, of trying to keep vision before us. Like, and so that's going to be our challenge, to keep our heart in that. Uh, it says, record the vision, inscribe it, so that the one who reads it may run. The reason you keep vision before you is so that you can keep pace, right? That we can keep pace with what God's doing. Again, the tendency is to like, well, you know, what's dwelling place going to do? What's our mission forward? And I, I really don't want to present it as that because it's not, it's, it's him. Remember, it's still, it's about him. But I want, what is God help powering dwelling place to shoot for? What's he calling us to live towards and live our hearts towards? And so the, we want to run, we want to record it. We want to put it down so that people can run, right? You can run with it. Uh, you can uh, keep running with it. I love the next one. It says, uh, and really the, the key to vision and mission is really it's God's timing. It can't be yours, right? It can't be mine. It can't be yours. It's God's timing. And listen to this. This is really interesting scripture. I, I, when I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. But it's God's timing, not yours. Keep running. Listen to this. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. So there's definitely appointed times where that vision can, gets carried out in specific ways. But then it says, it hastens towards the goal and will not fail. So it feels like you're like, hastens what? Got this like nice running <laughs> thought in there? It hastens towards the goal and it will not fail. But then what's the next statement say? Though it tarries, wait for it. And I feel like the dynamic tension is where you've got to live, where I've got to live. Now, I'm on the, usually the tearing side of it. I'm usually not the hastening side. Usually the ones that want to go on forward, I'm usually the pull, pull. It's like, wait a second, hold on, keep everybody on board, you know. But, you know, but it's kind of this dynamic tension. Like God's saying the vision, like hasten towards it, but when it tarries, be able to wait for it. Anybody remember Isaiah 40, 31? Those who what? Wait for the Lord will do what? Rise up and do what? With wings as eagles and then do what? Run and not grow weary. So that's the key. I don't know if y'all have ever gotten on mission vision. You run and ran out of steam after about two weeks of it. And I want to be in a place where we run well together so that we're walking in this place of waiting on the Lord, hastening towards the goal, waiting on the Lord, hastening towards the goal, waiting on the Lord in this dynamic tension. It's good. I mean, I don't like dynamic tension, but I feel like the Lord has just been saying that over the last, especially a couple of years. Sometimes I need dynamic tension to keep me in the game. Otherwise, sometimes when I don't have any tension, I'll either get like really lackadaisical, which is tends to be my, like when I'm, I get more like, okay, just maintain everything status quo. Or if you, if, if sometimes that, if nothing's happening, I'll get way out here and I'll just make things happen. Isn't that what Abraham did? You know, I'm, I'm tired of waiting on the goal. I'm supposed to be the father of many nations, right? Come on. You know, and you get Hagar's out of that. So you've got to be in this really dynamic tension in the middle of saying, God, what are we doing in that place? And so really be able to wait for it. Uh, and remember, y'all have heard teaching in dwelling place. What's, what's the word wait mean? To bind together by twisting. It's, a, it's like the three-branded rope. Waiting is not a passive word. Waiting is binding yourself to him. So in those moments that, you know, he's saying the vision is tearing, what am I supposed to do? You know, you don't, that's not the position you take. It's, God, what are you doing? What are you doing in the season? It's not coming about. I don't see the healing that I want to see, but I don't see Jim rising up and walking yet. But, God, I'm going to wait for it. You're doing it. Like, it's amazing. You're going to do it. You know, and just keeping that before you. Like, keeping that before us. Because there's some, there's some vision that, you know, even of healing and those type of things that haven't come about. And it can get, ter it can get really weary in the tearing. 
But God said, wait for it. It will come about. I really believe that declaration uh, in that scripture. It says, you know, the vision, it will certainly come about. And so as we put it before him, um, let's see, I think I just skipped something I wanted to say. Oh, that's right. The last, last one. Vision isn't for your glory, but it's his. I love that. It says, behold, as for the proud one, his soul's not in him. So I don't ever want to bring up mission to make you know, something like, oh, gosh, you know, you know, we, got, we got it. We, we, uh, you know, we, we, got, we got the uh, monopoly on what church is all supposed to be about now. It's not, it's not that at all. Like, it's not about us. It's about him. It's for his glory. We don't want one ounce of pride in anything that we do for the, for the Lord. It's for his, his glory, his his thing, because, you know, we could, you could build a big church and be all rocking and rolling, and don't, work, don't get me wrong, I want to be rocking and rolling, but you could be missing the whole mark the whole time. The whole mark. I mean, I can still, I can still remember one, one moment in, church, in our church, and I mean, the place was packed, and, and we were doing something, I feel like the Lord was saying, this, this is not it. Like, we were, we were just kind of off a little bit, and like, and so it's not about numbers. It's not about like it's all rocking and rolling. It's about Him. It's about getting our focus and our sight set on Him. Um, so it's that's just critical. Um, but I love it. As you know, I just wrote down as we run. You know, thinking about that, I want to run. You know, the winners have already really been declared. Jesus and His bride. We are winners. We are running, and we are winners. Uh, we just want to empower. While we're still here on this earth, we want to empower people to run. I want to see people running, like running in the kingdom, like not growing weary uh, and, and, and running. And the last one, really, vision has to be walked out in faith, but the righteous one will live by faith. Mission can't be about, you know, it, there are goals. There are like things that we want to see God do. We're, even the vision part of that is like, when we see this mission accomplished, this is what we see. But the reality is that the goal is it's about him. It's about people in him. You know, when evangelism, you know, Joe's kept evangelism before us. Like, we got to get outside these four walls. But is that for us to, you know, get marks in our side that we got these amount of people saved? No, it's about his glory in those people that just got saved. It's about him in them, you know. So anyway, going back to this, running in such a way as to win, right? Running in such a way as to win. Um, go, on, uh, go on to that next statement, that next section. Why mission vision is critical? Because it empowers us to step and run together. It empowers us to step into something, run with something together. Um, and I love these scriptures, uh, you know, in 1 Corinthians 9, 23 through, it's about 27. The first three or four of these are just in that scripture. I love the first one is you, you, it empowers us to run in such a way as to win. And like I said, I have to be the first to repent. I haven't been running in such a way as to win. It hasn't, been a, it hasn't really been years since we've been, I've been it's a feel, that I've felt like I've been able to start running in such a way as to win. I feel like I'm coming out of that. I've come, I've come out of that, but I'm still like seeing, I want to see God uh, you know, glorified and, and run in this place. But I love this. It's, even Paul almost declares a mission within this verse. And look at this. I do all things for the sake of the gospel. That was, his, that was Paul's mission, right? He just does everything for the sake of the gospel. Everything he does. What if we did that? <laughs> what if we as individuals, everything was for the sake of the good news, for the sake of Jesus, right? I love it. So that purpose that he does that because he wants to be a fellow partaker of it do you not know that those who run in a race all run but only one receives the prize run in such a way that you would win man the lord releases us to run in such a way as to win like you don't have to be on the court going man i i just want to kind of i just want to get play a good game of volleyball that'll be nice no he wants you to get out there and get to get to spiking and get to you know Bumping and setting and digging and all those. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in, in a volleyball game. But I just encourage you, like God's saying, he wants us to start running in such ways that we can win, like, to win. Um, and I love that. He, he made that statement. That was really a statement, you know, for the sake of the gospel. Um, but 
God is calling us out of this past season, out of the past season of craziness. I like wrote this down. But God is calling us out of this past season and all of its craziness and all of its disses. If you were in that, if you weren't here for that message, disappointment, discouragement, despair, bringing us out of it, being dissed. You know, because some of us have kind of got stuck in 2020 because we felt like we got dissed. I mean, I lost, I lost money in 2020. I lost. Uh, a lot of interaction with the church in 2020. I lost some in, in, interaction with my even myself in 20. I mean, there's a lot of feeling things I felt like I got dissed on in 2020. But I can't stay there. The Lord's saying, come out of that. Like, come out of that. Get on, get this place of mission. Get on, get, step into mission in this. And so uh, step out of that, all those disses. And step into 2021 and with grace, with the grace to run. Not out of your own strength or out of your own will, but run in his faithfulness, his goodness, his heart, and his mercy, and his grace. Right? Amen? It's, it's, it's him. Look at that second one. Run for the imperishable. I felt like something was really strong on this one, even though I don't really even love the word imperishable because it's not something that we always use, but... I was trying to think of it. I was trying to find another word, and it's, that was the best word, right? Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, we an imperishable. You know, I think about my testimony in sports. Like, I love sports. Like, if anybody that knows me around, I've played almost everything except soccer, like, somewhere along the way. Um, because I just, I love, I love doing, and I would have played soccer probably had I known how much I like soccer. My brother got me into soccer. <laughs> Marion got me going on World Cup back in sometime. And I love soccer now, but just never had enough scoring in it, I didn't think, personally. Needs to find some more scoring in there. Uh, anyway, and they didn't get to use their hands, which that's the other part. But anyway, I, I digress. But anyway, this place that I love sports, but when I thought about when I played them, they were for my glory. When it all broke down. I mean, I was always glad to win, win if we won but really even if we won sometimes I was so miserable you know why because I didn't have a good game and it was all about me it was all about you know what people thought of me in my playing so when I played bad it was what people thought so it's all about this all about my glory but it's really cool it says you know they do it to receive a perishable wreath like don't live for the perishable wreath it says we do it for an imperishable wreath, something that will not pass away. I don't know if y'all ever heard of the movie Chariots of Fire. This one came to my spirit, you know, like, I think it was last night or this morning, you know, I just looked up. But Eric Lindell was a guy back in the 20, like 1927, Paris, uh, Paris was Olympics. He was a British runner. And he, um, he just made this really cool statement. Have you ever seen the movie? Uh, I think it's a pretty good movie. I'm not sure if I've ever watched the fullness of it, but I've caught the glimpse of it. You know, and basically this runner, he, he was basically the fastest guy in the, in the, in the hundred. And because, because uh, the, the trials, the, the heats going up to the hundred, it fell on a Sunday. So he said, I, I can't do it. I can't be in that. And, it, and he really forsook his own goal. To say, you know, for the, I mean, for the Lord, I'm not saying everybody's got to do that, for <laughs> forsake that on Sunday. I'm just saying he did it for, for the glory of God. And so what they did is somebody in the 400 gave him his spot to run in the 400 instead of the 100. And amazing, like, and again, you don't train, you know, I mean, I'm not a track person whatsoever. I think I ran in one track meet, and that was enough for me. <laughs> but I ran the 100 and got smoked. I thought I was pretty fast until I got in a, in a, bunch, of, a bunch of line with Brandon. Brandon was a really good sprinter back then, but I got smoked. But anyway, you know, you don't train the same way for 100 as you do a 400. But Eric Lindell ended up winning the 400. And, and I love this declaration. It says, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And he says, when I run, I feel his pleasure. And I really feel like the Lord wants to take dwelling place into feeling his pleasure when you're running. I don't run real well with pleasure. I run with, like, purpose, get it done. Like, let's get the thing going. Let's get it done. Let's get the mark. We got it, you know, whatever. I don't always feel his pleasure when I'm doing it. 
I think I get pleasure in accomplishing something. I don't feel his pleasure in it. So if, again, another mark, if we go through mission, vision, other things that we'll be talking about, if you, we miss the mark of in feeling his pleasure in it, I feel like, well, we, we, anyway, we don't want to go there, right? I don't want to be in that place. I want to feel his pleasure when we walk in this. All right, third one, run with aim, your eyes fixed on him. Think about this. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. That's why, we need, that's why you need vision. What if you, what if you just got out, be like Forrest Gump, right? You just keep running and running and running and running and running until all of a sudden you just stop way out there and go, oh, yeah, I'm done, right? But he didn't have any aim. He just kept running. Got to see a lot of things along the way, but, you know, God wants us to run with aim. Like, what are we aiming for? And, and thinking about boxing in such a way as not beating the air. Like, what if, what if you were in a boxing arena and you're just beating air? I mean, that's, it's, it's, that's not what you're called to. And it says, I discipline my body, make it my slave, that after I've preached, I myself will not be disqualified. So running in such a way is with aim. So that's a big thing. What are we aiming for? What are we aiming for as a body? body? What are you aiming for as an individual? That's a great thing to do. Get individual things in your spirit, in your heart. Like what? Because each one of you is an important part, member of the body. So you'll have different vision, mission in relationship to your own individual life. But what are we doing as a body? Why are we here in the New River Valley? What are we, what are we doing? Are we just existing ever to have a good Sunday service every Sunday? Anybody signing up for that? Don't raise your hand, please. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have a good Sunday service, but that's not what it's about. Like, it's about him, and we're going to talk about it. I love this. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of your faith. So it's about him. It's about the author, him authoring and perfecting our faith. What's, what's another reason that you need vision? Think about this one, Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, so what if you don't have vision? You're beating, boxing without aim. I mean, you're box, beating the air, and you're running without aim. That's what's happening. But look, look at what it says in Hebrews 12, I mean, sorry, Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. Yeah, that shouldn't be our, <laughs> the people cast off restraint. When I don't have vision of what God, personal vision for what God's got, where God has me in things, I'll start to panic, right? And well, you'll either go two things, you'll, you'll hasten towards the goal or you'll just cast off restraint and do nothing. Neither one of those are great options, right? I want to be in this place where I'm stepping into purpose, stepping into purpose, stepping into purpose with the Lord every step of the way. Hastening towards a goal, tearing, being able to tarry and be okay if it's not coming about like I wanted, like I thought. Um, but if I don't have vision, I start casting off restraint. I start going, why am I, why am I here? What am I doing? What's the purpose of this? What's, is it, you know, I'll just go and do the, live the American dream at that point, right? You know, get the house the 2.5 kids and you know all the three three and a half cars and you know whatever else that the american dream says you're supposed to have right if i don't have vision of kingdom if i don't have vision of kingdom individually and kingdom corporately that's what i'll do i'll just start casting off vision i'll start casting off restraint on me and so we don't want that either and I, and i and i love it you, we can always come back to re the reality is he's the vision john 14 thomas said lord we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? How do we know where Jesus is going? What is he doing? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, the life. You can't lose sight of him. You can't, in this, in this desire to, to step into mission, we can't lose our way from that. Um, you know, because Jesus, how do you know that you're on target with your mission and vision and We've been talking about core values. We've been talking about culture. You talk about all these things that we've been kind of gathering over the last several years uh, of time. And, you know, how do I know that I'm staying on target? Is he the way in it? Is he the truth in it? Is he the life in it? 
You know, that's, that's the target. You know, the old saying that we, um, the main thing is to keep the main thing the what? The main thing, right? We've talked about that over the years. Um, and so, you know, even as we started talking about mission year, years ago, but especially the last couple of years, you know, the heart was like, what, what is the mission? Like, what's the mission of Dwelling Place? And we kind of started asking people, like, well, what is, like, what do you see Dwelling Place? Like, what do you see in, in some of the heartbeats? And, of course, you know, Dwelling Place, it's hard to get everything into one, like, nice little concise statement because we're so, we feel, and it's been so rich. I feel like God has given Dwelling Place so much. But, I, you know, I just started thinking about it as we kind of landed on one. I, the Lord really has spoken to me recently, especially. It's like, man, the mission of dwelling place should be the mission of what Jesus did and is doing and will forever do in the earth, right? If we're going to do anything, land there, right? If Jesus is doing it, let's do it. Um, you think about Peter. He spoke in his first Peter 2.21. I don't think I wrote it up there, but for you have been called for this purpose this mission. You've been called for this mission. Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. So how do we follow in the steps of Jesus? And we're going to be talking about that next week specifically over the mission. But I kind of wanted to just read this mission over us. And the reality is, again, uh, this kind of just the heartbeat of trying to express what the mission of what dwelling places exist. It's our why. And so, you know, I, I, don't, we, I think we have it up there. If you can put that mission statement up there, I think I'll put it up there. Dwelling place exists to be a body of believers led by the Holy Spirit to advance the kingdom of God in the New River Valley and beyond. That we live to be a body of believers led by the Holy Spirit to advance the kingdom of God in the New River Valley and beyond. And as I began to think about that, I'm like, think about that. Isn't that what Jesus did? When Jesus came to earth, obviously he lived, but when he was living on mission, like he, I mean, I don't know how he did that. I mean, I'm not even going to go into that. It's too deep of the theological reality for me, but I'm like, why didn't he start his mission 30, like before 33 or 32, whenever, or 30, whenever he was, whenever he started, whenever he was called out, when he got baptized, he prepared for 30 years into what God was doing. But when he stepped into that mission, what did he do? He gathered a body of believers together. I was thinking Jesus could have done this thing all on his own, right? I mean, if you, were, if you were the king of glory, couldn't you do it all on your own? But he gathered a body of believers together, and he started walking with them, interacting with them, discipling them, getting them into healthiness, getting them into family to becoming a community of believers. And we'll talk about that when we talk about a body of believers. But then, then what was the next statement? You know, he was Holy Spirit-led because he never did anything that the Father wasn't doing. He never said anything that the Father didn't say. He was totally, 100% Holy Spirit-led. Like everything that he did, he was led by the Father, by the Holy Spirit. And then everywhere he went, what did he do? He brought the kingdom of God. He advanced the kingdom. And every step that he took, he advanced the kingdom, bringing healing, bringing deliverance, bringing salvation. I mean, everywhere he went, he brought the kingdom of God about. So I feel like that was like, that's the mission of the church. That's the mission of dwelling place. You know, in our in our uh, name, we even have further mission and vision. You know, we've always been an inner healing culture, and I would never want to lose that. We've always been a place where people could come and express freedom and worship. Never want to lose that. You know, that people could come and feel comfortable as they are, but not comfortable enough to stay where they are. And we need to get a little bit more of that, you know, like Tulio, you know, getting on to everybody, you know, getting here early. Jeez. <laughs> right before I start? Great. No, I'm just <laughs> you know, but you have the freedom to come as you are, but not stay as you are, right? Come on. That, come on. that this is a place of restoration. It's a place that you could come in and, and your marriage could be healed. Your, your life could be healed. You could 
grow into the likeness of Christ. That's got, it's been, always been a kind of our, the vision, but I just encourage you in this season that we step into it like a broad mission of what the church is about, being a body of believers led by the Holy Spirit to bring about the kingdom of God wherever you're at in the New River Valley and beyond. And so I just really want to speak that and declare that into us. And, and really, as we we'll talk about more about that specific vision, mission, sorry, I keep using the wrong, mission next week. And we're, we're, the heart is that we'll begin to bring out vision of how that's going to, how are we going to, how are we going to accomplish that? You know, we'll be talking about kingdom. What is it? You know, what is kingdom? It's kind of, a, some of these statements are like, what is it? You know, and we'll start painting pictures of what that looks like. And so I just really want to declare that and speak that because I, I really feel like God's giving us to a place of stepping into 2020, 2021 communing and then stepping into a mission, like together. Like, where are we going? Like, where are we go- how are we going to be a body of believers that's healthy and whole and, and walking together and, and truly a body that where every person counts, every person's valuable, every person's needed, every person's got like life in them to give. And stepping into this place of being Holy Spirit-led, I just started, that one the Lord just started highlighting. I'm like, I'm not sure how much, how much my life is Holy Spirit-led. Like, I know it's Mitch-led in a lot of ways, but I'm, I need Holy Spirit-led. Like, I know there, there's still a little mix of Mitch in there, and so I want to be in that place of really asking the Lord. And then bringing about the kingdom. God, His kingdom come. Like, His will be done on earth as in heaven, right? So we're going to be praying about that and believing for that over the next several weeks, well, not several weeks, probably months, we'll be talking about different facets of it. So I just wanted to introduce it today and really get you on, on task with, especially that Habakkuk passage. If you go back and look at it, I really encourage you, like station yourself, position yourself to hear, to listen, to be able to then, as we've written this down, to begin to say, all right, God, how am I going to run with that? How am I going to step into that? How am I going to start uh, saying yes to like, all right, God, I want to be Holy Spirit led. I want to be a part of the body. I want to be seeing the kingdom come about. And I believe we'll, we'll, we'll begin to see that. And so, um, you know, thinking about the rest of that Habakkuk passage, you know, not making it about me, not making it about even like the name, like dwelling place itself. It's about him keeping that before us. And so I just want to uh, end with that. Like it is about him. The mission obviously is about him. I don't want everyone to lose that. Beholding him, communing with him. But as we step into a line with this uh, mission of, of dwelling place, I encourage us to begin to ask, begin to ask the Lord, all right, Lord, how do you, how do you call me to step into that? Step into that. And, and again, you don't have to understand it all. That's the picture that I hope we'll be bringing out. And that you have a, you have a part in bringing it out as well, I believe. There's people in here that are called to bring out the fullness of that mission, fullness of the vision of what that looks like. I mean, I loved it. <laughs> uh, I just thank God. I want to thank God. I meant to do this at the beginning. Thank God for the youth, um, for Addie and Michael and these crew, David and Kenzie. I don't know. There's a bunch of people that work with them. But, uh, man, it was just it's really, Josh, he was really, Bridget, gosh, every time I look around. I mean, we got such a crazy cool youth team. They were worshiping so hard on on uh, Tuesday that they, they busted the floor, which well, well, I, I'm fine busting the floor as long as it's in the name of the kingdom, right? <laughs> For the glory of God, right? And so uh, we'll, get, we'll get that part fixed. But, but it, they, it was just really cool to hear the youth just exploding in worship. I mean, that's the, like, to me, I start thinking, like, gosh, that's, that's why we're here. That's why we've done all this work for 20 years. For floors to get busted, Right? For, for life to come into people's, like, to be able to express their lives to him. All right? So, you have anything you want?